the Winnipeg Jets, man, they are a uh, they're a team, folks. And if you watched tonight's game against the Ottawa Senators, which for those of you listening on Friday morning, you'll have uh, probably watched it last night. I'm sorry for you. That was not exactly what I would call a quality performance from the Jets, not even passing a bare minimum grade. To put it very bluntly, the Jets were awful. And I'll break down what went wrong in a must-win game against the Senators on tonight's Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Now, at the top of this episode, I said that the Jets played a pretty miserable game against the Ottawa Senators, and that would be selling it short, honestly. It was pathetic to watch, um, and I don't really say that lightly. I think that there were some very clear issues with what Winnipeg was doing, and I was very frustrated seeing the Jets just continually do a lot of the same stuff that they've been doing for the past few months, which you know, for lack of a better phrase, is just going through the motions. With this team and what's happened this year, it's hard for me to really blame a lot of the players. Uh, obviously, there are some guys who I think definitely should be thinking about, you know, the, the choices that they've made and, and certainly what they're doing on the ice. But for the most part, when guys are disengaged and looking bored and unhappy, I can't really blame them. I mean, the team has been just really poor. The coaching staff doesn't really seem to know what to do. And, you know, there's not really a sign that things are uh, on a good track to change. So setting all of that up, you know, the Jets had just beaten the Golden Knights the other night, which, you know, despite a 4-0 scoreline, I did mention that I wasn't really convinced by it. This was a game in which, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights kind of shot themselves in the foot more so than the Jets actually dominated. If anything, Vegas was the much better team, but thanks to some you know silly turnovers, some really bad defensive coverages, and the Jets having some pretty you know talented scoring depth up top, you know suddenly the Knights found themselves down, and it just sort of snowballed from there. The Ottawa Senators, for some reason this year, have given the Jets a few fits, and it's not super shocking. You know the Jets when they play really poor teams, it's a lot closer than you would think. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, Winnipeg just has a really hard time flipping the switch to on, especially against weaker teams. Sometimes they can kind of smack around bad opponents, but in many games, the Jets have started slow and never really gotten going. So against Ottawa, you know, the Jets had a fairly even first few minutes, which you thought, well, maybe that uh, that couldn't be the worst outcome, I guess. I wouldn't really want the Jets to be playing even hockey or break even hockey with Ottawa. You know, the Suns are a team that's well below the Jets in the standings, but certainly if you watch this game, you wouldn't know it. 
Winnipeg just didn't really seem to have the hunger or desire to fight for second pucks. I felt like the Jets were more sloppy in possession. There were some silly turnovers. And the thing that the Sens do really well under DJ Smith is forechecking and creating pressure, which forces mistakes. Ottawa knows that they're not really an elite team. They don't have a lot of talent to work with. They're not even close to the Winnipeg Jets when you really think about it. And yet, this team of very workmanlike players with a couple of superstar talents here and there, you know, they, they basically upset the cart and show the Jets what happens if you actually put in effort. And I think that that's a big thing with the Sens that I feel the Jets have really struggled with this year. You know, Winnipeg has a, a very fragile mentality. And not fragile that the first mistake suddenly snowballs. That has been an issue this year, but I just feel like the Jets, they don't really seem with it. I mean, they just seem kind of pissed and unhappy, and that's leading to very lackadaisical play on the ice, um, very aimless defensive marking, guys just not really following through with their checks. You look at this team, and I feel like there's deeper dysfunction. On paper, there's decent stuff to like here, but the Jets, in a game against the Ottawa Senators that they absolutely had to win to start the playoff climb, the Jets just came up super limp, and it's it's frustrating, but I'm also not surprised. I think, you know, if you look at the, the previous matchups against weak teams, um, teams like Ottawa, the Jets just don't really compare all that favorably, which is, you know, not a great sign if I'm being honest. This team is not really a playoff contender, but to actually struggle against the Sens and not really actively create much, yeah, that's ugly. I mean, the, the Jets just didn't show up. And, you know, once Ottawa started getting an early lead, things only got worse from there. And it's not like I'm particularly upset about losing. I think the Jets consolidating a higher draft position isn't really the worst thing in the world. But I will say that what does irritate me a bit is the lack of effort. And I don't know if this is, like, true across the board, but I just, I didn't really feel like we were getting 100% from the team. If it really was the case that they were all fighting every single shift and you could visibly tell that they were that they were really active, engaged, um, that they were fighting for second pucks, that they were trying to win foot races and actually getting there, you know, I, I would feel a little bit differently. But in this case, the Jets just didn't even really seem to fight or contest Ottawa as aggressively as they should. The Sens kind of walked through the slot. Winnipeg basically uh, left a welcome mat against Connor Hellebuck. And I just don't really know what was the game plan for tonight. I, I don't really understand. Uh, the Jets look outclassed. They got outworked. And to do this on home ice in front of your fans after you derided them a little bit for, you know, doing the Bronx cheer, yeah, it's not really a great look. And I think the Jets kind of know that things are pretty dire. Uh, Dallas, I believe, actually won. So, you know, the, the Stars continue to march on for a playoff spot. I believe Winnipeg is something out like five points. This was a game the Jets just couldn't afford to drop if they were hoping for any sort of a playoff run. But let's be real. If anyone in that front office truly believed this team was playoff capable, I think their whole approach to the deadline would have been different. But with the way that Chevy did it, I think we all are in agreement that this team is not destined for greatness. I wish it was, but unless something magical happens and a team suddenly turns it around, this squad is going to miss the playoffs. I'll break down some other stuff that I saw in tonight's game against the Sens and whether or not the, the rest of the season is basically lost now, but before then, I thought you should know about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. 
They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super-sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to tonight's Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Also, be sure to check out our Locked On Now programs hosted by Locked On NHL. They give you the best insight and daily recaps into all of the hottest action around the league, including game recaps, hot trades, rumors, whatever it is, Locked On NHL and Locked On Now are there for you every day. Subscribing is completely free of charge, so go do that right now. Returning to Winnipeg versus Ottawa, you know, this was a crap game, and there were some, I think, particular moments that, yeah, you know, the Jets are going to have to figure out. One of the biggest issues with this team has been, of course, the team defense. Ever since Paul Maurice left, it's gotten even worse, which is not super shocking. Uh, It wasn't great to begin with, but the blue line now is, well, it's a bit of a tire fire. And one particular pairing in general for me has been uh, among the worst that I've actually watched with this team. Obviously, the Jets have had some bad defensive pairings in the past, but Stanley and Schmidt together has probably been among the worst that I've seen. I know it's technically not the worst, but it's it's pretty darn close. Um, Schmidt, in particular, got really isolated tonight and was really struggling defensively. Stanley also was pretty bad, uh, and it didn't really matter who you paired them with. They just don't work. Um, and then you've got Dylan and Pionk, which is another pairing that also does not work. And, you know, you've got two uh, really big minute-eating pairings that fundamentally are, are broken. And so the Jets then only have one deep pairing that's actually pretty decent, and that's Morrissey and DeMello together. Uh, other than that, you know, the, the Jets really lack blue line uh, balance, and they've got guys like Vili Heinle just sitting there waiting for a chance to make their mark, Then they could honestly probably improve this team by a pretty uh, notable margin. But the team thus far has expressed little interest in actually playing them. I, I think the front office would like to see Heinle being used more. The coaching staff doesn't really agree. And so, you know, instead we just see this really bad defense paired with a mediocre attacking group. Um, the bottom six was really awful. I thought that they tried their best, but unfortunately, in terms of dr- generating, creating, and, and trying to attack and score goals, I mean, it was very toothless. There was not a whole lot going on. So, you know, the sum total of it is that this team just doesn't really have a lot going for it. Winnipeg basically has two lines uh, that are are capable of promoting offense. They've got one competent D pairing. And, you know, in terms of the goaltending, Hellebuck basically has to stand on his head or else the team really doesn't have a shot every game. Against this ends, I think he did his best, but it really wasn't enough, unfortunately. And so the Jets ended up falling like 4-1 or, or, or like 5-2 or something like that. I don't remember the exact scoreline. My brain kind of, I don't know, at some point it just started shutting out the game. It was that bad to watch. And so, you know, where did the Jets go from here? This one was probably a must-win game. And I, I think that goes for every game going forward. But 
if the Jets really want to make the playoffs, if that is their actual objective, they actually have to show up. I mean, they just haven't shown up in a lot of the games this season. It's a shame to say that, because I think this team on paper has a lot of parts that I do like, but those parts aren't really arranged in a system that makes sense. And so, ultimately, the Jets have basically shot themselves in the foot, and, you know, what you see with this team is more or less what you get. They're poor defensively, offensively, they're a little bit stilted. The special teams is is not the worst, it's okay. Uh, the power play is decent, the penalty kill has generally been decent, especially under Lowry, but beyond that, man, I mean, it's 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 the same thing I've been saying over the past couple of years, just with a slightly different flavor. So, yeah, I don't know what to do with this team. I think Winnipeg really needs to hit the reset button uh, on the coaching staff. It's just not getting it done. And I think Lowry is probably, you know, cognizant of the fact that this is just an interim session. And, uh, you know, obviously he was considered a candidate for a more longer term role, but I don't think he has actually done anything to really seize that. So once Lowry departs, I, I think the Jets kind of need to clean house with the entire coaching staff. I'm fine if, you know, one or two of them stick around, but guys like Charlie Huddy and stuff, they cannot remain, uh, you know, with this team. As much as they may be liked within the organization, they don't get results, and that's kind of a problem. This team is continually doing the same things it's done for years, and it hasn't really changed. Uh, the fact that the coaching staff, generally speaking, had to have Paul Maurice resign just to have a notable change is embarrassing. I mean, you look at all these other teams, and yes, you know, hiring many coaches, not always a great sign. It means that there's internal instability. It might not be a full reflection of what the coaching staff's capable of. But we know what the Jets are capable of. We've seen it for years. So if we know that it's substandard, we know that it's not good enough, why haven't the Jets adjusted course? This team does not have that many seasons left to try and put two and two together. There is no time to waste, and yet the Jets have spun their wheels. It's very frustrating as a fan, and I think the, the silence in um, Canada Life Center was very telling. People just don't really seem to care that much. Maybe they'll ring out a few boos, but it's generally dead silent. And, you know, people were leaving early after Colin White scored the third goal for Ottawa. That's a pretty bad look if you're a, uh, if you're a Jets organization member. I mean, this team just, it feels underwhelming in so many senses of the word. And I think that has probably been one of my biggest disappointments. The Jets had potential to be special this year, had potential to do some fun things, still be very flawed, but still be fun. And they didn't really do any of that. They have only kind of managed to accomplish major disappointment across the board. I would love to have something better to say, but I just think that's kind of where it is. So I'll talk about what I want from the rest of the season. I've, I've explored that before, but now I think we have a pretty firm idea of what the future is going to hold. And I think it's time to start talking about the tank. Before we get to that, though, I thought you should hear about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs, especially as we approach this hotly contested NHL playoff run. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vesna trophy? 
Log into BetOnline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with BetOnline.net right now. Start winning today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's Locked On Jets. It's been a uh, a bit of a disappointing evening for Jets fans as Winnipeg played Ottawa and kind of got smacked around. And so, you know, with the the situation being as it is and the Jets not really being able to afford a single loss, Winnipeg can probably consider itself out of the playoff race unless a miracle happens. Um, they actually face Columbus on Friday evening, which will be tonight if you're listening to this on Friday. And so, yeah, you know, the Jets, I, I just kind of want them to let the kids play, um, and just sort of finish out the season. I, I really want to see Heinola get some reps because I feel like the defense as it is is simply unacceptable. I, I wish I could say otherwise, but this team is not really balanced correctly. I actually thought Heinola Pionk, despite being defensively vulnerable, was still a much more effective pairing than Dylan Pionk, in part because they just kept the, the puck moving constantly and that cycle game was really strong. On the third pairing, I would probably try and find somebody other than Stanley to pair with Schmidt. I, I know that Nate can be um, a little bit of a defensive liability, but having him with yet another defensive liability, somebody who is not super agile and quick, I, I think is a bit of a mistake. Um, you know, Dylan Schmidt might be not very good. Uh, in fact, it might actually be pretty bad if I'm being honest, but I think you can kind of get away with it if you give the majority of the top four minutes uh, to, you know, Morrissey DeMello, and then you give some of that relief towards Pionk and, and Heinola. I think Heinola-Pionk is actually a really smart pairing option, um, given their play styles and how they actually seemingly had a lot of natural chemistry. I think Pionk plays off of Villy's decision-making brilliantly. So let them run things together. I think that that top four would actually be very workable. And then if you want to bring on Dylan and Schmidt, to uh, add a different di dimension and dynamic, you can probably do that. I would probably limit the reps of, of that pairing, unfortunately, which kind of leads to a bigger question about Schmidt in the offseason. I don't think the Jets are really in a position to trade him, unfortunately, because uh, that cap hit and his contract are not exactly super favorable to the Jets. I'd also just be inclined to keep him in general. I think he's a positive force in the locker room, um, and I think if you find the right coaching staff that can make the most of him, I think Nate is a very dangerous player. I think he has a ton of offensive pop. I think if you give him the right scenarios to be successful and you don't hamstring the attacking elements that he's good at, he will shine. It's just with the team as it is right now, Schmidt doesn't really fit in. So, you know, focus on balancing some of the other pairings first. Uh, you're going to have to sacrifice one because I don't think anyone else is really going to be able to step in and improve the team unless Sandberg were to come back, but I don't know if he's actually due anytime soon. As okayish as Kovacevic maybe looked, I, I don't also see him being a particularly long-term solution either. I think you just kind of have to go with Dylan and Schmidt as your third pairing and sort of run it that way. I don't really know if there's any other options there, but I mean, that defense, it's going to be passable at best, but it's probably more passable than what we're seeing right now. The other thing I would hope to see is David Gustafson at some point. He's been lighting it up with the moose again since returning from injury. I don't know what his upper body situation is like, but if the Jets were able to, you know, call him up, I wouldn't mind that. But I do imagine he will remain with the moose for their playoff run, which it is what it is. I just do feel that with his game kind of at the stage that it is, 
The next step for him is definitely graduating to the big leagues. I think he would be a great fit for this team, and I would really love to see what he can do. It's just right now I think there are actually some spots blocked up, so I think with how the team is and what they're looking for and the acquisitions they made, Gus is probably a next-year addition. Let's just hope he's still around and the Jets are willing to give him a shot because I really do think Big Dave is going to be a really phenomenal player for this team. I'd be curious to know what your desires are, so be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. What do you want to see Winnipeg do? I mean, to be honest, I only have a few requests because I feel like everything else that I wanted either didn't happen or happened at an only acceptable level, and so I'm just trying to set my expectations low. I mean, this team really hasn't given us a lot to be super excited about, and that is just the truth. But maybe you feel differently. Maybe there's something you see in it. Again, tell me on Twitter, and maybe I'll talk about it on a future episode. For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to do, um, that's all the time that we have. Thank you so much for listening, uh, and thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. Be sure to make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. Just like this show, subscribing is free, so do that right now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Thank you for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!